flower bed that's apparently more indestructible than Cher. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Sister Axe Podcast. Hello. Hi. <laughs> this is the true crime podcast where we discuss murder, mayhem, and madness. Hosted by my sister Rose and myself, Stephanie. We are from Portland, Oregon and have been fascinated by true crime our entire lives. Yeah, we were the kids that while everybody else was talking and socializing, we were watching Law and & Order and coming up with theories about who done it. Who done it? Yeah, and we've been into True Crime Podcast and decided, fuck it, let's make our own. Do it ourselves. And if anything, it's just an excuse for us to hang out more. Which is nice, which is nice. And also it works perfect for me because I have the best face for radio. Bullshit. <laughs> so here we are. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Each episode, we're going to discuss one true crime story including murders, cults, tragic events, all and everything in between. Uh, also, full disclosure and trigger warnings to the audience that some of the topics that we discuss in this podcast are graphic and should be intended for a mature audience. Also, some of the gory details will be discussed in depth unless not pertinent to the overall story. So if you haven't gathered it by far, there will also be swearing. <laughs> Fuck shit, piss balls. <laughs> it happens. I'm sorry, my dad was a sailor. This is literally who I am now and I cannot turn it off. All right. Now with the fun stuff aside, let's get to business. Our first stories are going to be based in our lovely state of Oregon. West Coast, best coast. West Coast, West Coast. West Coast, West Coast. And to decide who's going to go first, since we both have a story prepared, we are going to roll D20s, well, as is our style. Yeah, it's our style. And you know what? Because we can. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Highest roll kicks it off. All right, ready? Oh, shit. Let's do it at the same time. All right, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, God. Oh, I go first. 19. Oh, short 17. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Take, take it away, sister. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. Let me get my stuff up. Girl. Okay. Today, I'm going to tell you all about Diane Downs, um, also known as Lady Di, spelled D-I-E. Ugh. Love it. <laughs> Honey. Um, I read Annual's Small Sacrifices, listened to it mostly. I also used Wikipedia and Murderpedia, but mostly it was Small Sacrifices, and I would recommend it as a read to anybody. It's very good. Nice. Okay, so we'll start from the top. A little bit about Miss Diane. Elizabeth Diane Fredrickson was born August 7th, 1955, in Phoenix, Arizona. So she's not an Oregon native. It's okay. You're welcome, world. We didn't do it. She's from somewhere else. She was an import. Import, yes, yes. And, I mean, we all know how terrible imports are. <laughs> this read. She was the first child of Wes and Willadine Fredrickson. Willadine. Willadine, like Jimmy Dean's? Like the sausage? Um, that's a lady's name, apparently. Oh, okay. Willadine. Like, maybe it was like her dad wanted a boy, so he was like, I don't call her Will, but she's a girl, so like, well, a Dean, I guess. At the time of Nyan's birth, Willadine was 17, and Wes was 25. A little gap, but, you know, it's... It's the 50s. Yeah, I guess that's okay. It's a little dicey. It's, it's spicy. They're keeping it up. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're setting the trend. They were married, though. They, it wasn't not like a shotgun wedding. They were married. Perfect. Um, they were both members of a fundamentalist Southern Baptist church in Arizona, where a wife was expected to follow meekly behind her husband. Sex was strictly a lights out thing, and nobody talked about it. My question is, if it's a lights out thing... Like, and nobody talks about it. How do we know it's lights out thing? Yeah, someone someone blabbed. Yeah. <laughs> They're not following. Somebody their talked own rules. about it. Um, according to Diane's account, she was a skinny and wistful little girl who was ignored by her mother and tormented by her father. Mm. Mm. 
She wanted more attention from her mother, but Willa Dean, who was still a teenager when she was married and started having children, was more concerned with keeping her husband satisfied. With the lights off. (laughs) Don't look. A year after Diane was born, she had a brother, and by the time Willa Dean was 25, she had a total of five children, including Diane. Oof. Crazy. (laughs) And they're just falling out at the end. (laughs) Between the four younger children and Wes, Diane's mother had very little time for her. Uh, Despite all that, she did very well academically. But she had no friends. Go figure. Nerd. She was bright, and when she was older, she had an IQ of 125, which from my Google search is very close to genius. Okay. She was a smart cookie. She was very popular with her teachers, but unfortunately had a hard time making friends with other children. And I wrote down, hashtag been there. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward life. (laughs) Um, Wes was very strict about schoolwork. And when there was no homework given, he would make the children read the dictionary. That's fucking awful. Isn't that terrible? That is... That was a terrible read. That's... Now, my grandpa never made me read the dictionary, but he was the kind of guy who's like, every time I was like, hey, how do I spell this? He's like, look it up. Like, how do I know how to look it up if I don't know how to spell it? He's like, do your best guess, find it. And I did. And that's probably why I'm able to spell... Unfortunately, Google kind of ruined everything. Oh, yeah. And now, Autocorrect. Auto, spell, yeah, spell check. And now I'm completely dependent. When Diana was 11 or 12, her mother went to work at the post office where Wes also worked. She worked a late shift, leaving Wes at home with the children, which I'm sure went well. <laughs> this is when Diana alleges her father began to molest her. Ooh. Yeah. Um, her father has never denied these allegations. In fact, he has never commented on them at all. It's like, if I ignore it, the allegations will go away. That's how problems work, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I deal with problems. Yeah, don't talk about it. It's a problem of future me. Sorry, future me. <laughs> so take that for what you will. <laughs> um, she denies any intercourse, but remembers talking, touching, and fondling. She tried running away five different times, but always came back on her own each time, citing her responsibility to her family. Hmm. It's a lot of weight for... And she, yeah, she's the oldest. Yeah, take care of all the kids, too. Yeah. She felt she could not tell her mother, and her closest relative was her paternal grandmother, who she thought would not believe her. She started wearing jeans and a shirt to bed, hoping it would deter him. He would come in at night. Yeah. After all the other kids had gone to bed, he would come in and lay with her. Yeah. She started cutting her wrists. She didn't tell anybody, but both her mother and father saw the cuts. They still didn't say anything. They probably figured it's like, oh, the situation was right itself out. Yeah. The 50s, 60s-ish. Oh, so um, yeah, mental health stuff was super just... Yeah, you don't talk you about it. You don't talk about problems. it, yeah. You keep that shit on lockdown, you don't talk about it. All the anxiety caused her to get little sleep each night, which eventually made her physically ill. Finally, Wes took her to the family doctor, where she was very evasive to the doctor's questions. She said she was just tired, you know, <laughs> as all yeah. 12-year-olds are sleep-deprived, you know. On the way home from the doctor's office, Wes took a detour and drove into the Arizona desert. So this is a story from Diane's view. She was 12 at the time, so it's very vague. They lived and in then... The desert is 10 minutes away from wherever. All right, so this is a quote from her. My dad told me to take off my shirt. He told me that my bra was really just like a bathing suit top. She shook her head no. He insisted. She took off her shirt. Then he told her to remove her bra. She began to scream hysterically. He continued to drive. At one point, Diane opened the car door, ready to jump out of the moving car, but he reached across and closed it. Fortunately, or maybe fortunately, a state trooper had seen her open the door and it get closed again. So he pulled them over. Oh, no shit. 
She was terrified to tell the cop what was really happening because she knew that if her dad went to jail, the family would be devastated and all this stuff. So she put her shirt back on, told the cop that she had been to the doctor's office. They had given her a shot, and that's why she was crying. She told him she wasn't supposed to cry in front of others, and that's why her dad had brought her all the way out there. She wasn't supposed to cry in front of people. Um, The officer had Wes step outside the car, had a word with him. Diane doesn't know what was said. Uh, The officer never made a note of the stop, and 15 years later, when Oregon detectives tried to corroborate the story, they found the officer had been dead for a few years. Oh, so they can't even get any backstory off it. Yeah, they can't make sure this is what really happened. But after the stop that the cop made, the abuse completely stopped. Oh, well, that's good. So, if we're believing the story, the officer probably threatened him. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Yeah. Jesus. I think that cop was there, which is something you you rarely see about cops, but it's a good thing he was there. Yeah. Get a guy. After this trauma, Diane had two goals. To find a safe haven with someone who would love her and to become a doctor and live in a huge house. Hmm. Good ambitions. Okay. 12-year-old dreams. Yeah, 12-year-old dreams. You can turn it around. Life's what you make it. Yeah. Hopefully. You and me both, lady. (laughs) (laughs) Preach, girl. I got one out of two. That ain't bad. (laughs) You can do it. You can do it. (laughs) Um, overnight, she went from being a silent wallflower to being a compulsive talker. And that's one thing everybody, every interview, all the cops that talked to her later on, they all said when she talked, it was like verbal vomit. Just wouldn't shut up. <laughs> I have oh, no idea no. what that's like. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Wait, is this why we started a podcast? Oh, my God. Dun, dun, dun. I'm Diane down. Oh, shit. <sighs> Ugh. I look good for my age. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> the rule of no crying that she told the officer was not a lie. According to Diane, the kids of her house were not allowed to cry. No, crying. Like, how How do you even tell a child at some point, like, don't? How do you keep five kids from crying? By not having kids. Well, but, yeah. Probably child abuse. Yeah, probably. Um, this turned into a nervous tick that caused Diane to laugh at inappropriate times. So instead of crying, her habit was to laugh or giggle or smile. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I get that. Which... Is not does not bode well when other people don't know the background of that. Yeah. Which is why I'm going over this. <laughs> Too deep. Yeah. <laughs> not realizing how she seemed to others with her nervous laughter and her constant chattering did not make her any more popular, uh, but her grades stayed consistently good. Um, Diane met Steve Downs when she was 15. He was just a few months older. He attended Moon Valley High School in Phoenix along with Diane. Apparently Steve was very handsome. And some compared him to Don Johnson. Do you know who that is? I do not know off the top of my head who that is. Uh, Miami Vice. Oh! Okay. For the time, okay. I guess he even at one point had like an audition with Gillette to do like a commercial for Gillette. Oh, nice. But he was in a car accident. Oh. That made him all blistery and stuff. Oh. So that's literal modeling career out the window. Yeah, it's... So, Wes and Walladine did not approve of him, so of course Diane dated Steve exclusively. <laughs> Knowing it set Wes's teeth on edge made Steve even more desirable. The tale is old as time. <laughs> it didn't help matters that Steve lived right across the street. Oh, that's convenient. Easy access. He was attractive, he defended her, he beat people up for her, he supported her, and he made her feel important. So, we all know that what effect that has on somebody who's been emotionally abused. Oh, yeah. It's like a drug. You're just, yeah. like... Somebody loves me. Yeah. Just get a, you get hyped up on that feeling. Yeah. Um, they began sleeping together almost immediately, and Diane told Steve about the abuse, 
you know, being a young kid, he had no idea how to handle it, so he just changed the subject. Yeah. I mean, what do you... Like, thanks for just completely opening this whole Pandora's box mm-hmm. of emotional baggage and fuckery. Yeah. You want to get Dairy Queen? At 17? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, what do you what do you do with that? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Want to go to the so, park? So, yes to tomorrow night? Yeah. Yeah. Prom? Prom? Yeah. When Diana was 17... She suffered the loss of her grandparents, that paternal grandma that she loved. Um, they died in an accident with a drunk driver. Oh. In the same year, it's a rough year, she lost her cocker spaniel, who died when Steve accidentally ran over it with a tractor. Okay. Wait. Sounds like a book. She blamed her dad, though. Um, he had been calling for the dog, so the dog was running toward him. And the dog didn't die right away. It was oh, paralyzed. of course not. Her dad shot it. Ugh. Oh, no. Then... <laughs> But wait, there's, there's more. more. Um, her dad had her nanny goat slaughtered. Why? Why the animals? And killed the kid goat. You know, no. So he didn't have his mom anymore. Then her cats contracted ringworm and her dad did not want the other kids to get it. So he shot her cats. Oh, and there goes the cats. There goes God, the cats. Jesus. The goat. The dog. It's like a country song. Just like the worst song ever, too. Then. Like, didn't win any awards. Steve joined the Navy. In the Navy. In the Navy. And he left. Well, that's how you avoid everything you love dying. Yeah. <laughs> you just go away. Yeah. So you're like, well, this is too much. Bye. Yeah. Gotta go. Your um, house is haunted for some reason. And all your animals keep It's haunted there. by her dad. He's the one doing everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like some mysterious, oh no, everybody's dying. It's the real monsters in the house. In the house. <laughs> oh, shit, shit. Diane graduated a semester early from high school. And she began to attend the Pacific Coast Bible College in California. Um, She had the intention of becoming a Christian missionary, and from there she wanted to start uh, doing pre-med. She wanted to be a doctor. Uh, She only lasted two semesters. That's hard work. Do you want to guess why she got kicked out? Because everyone else died around her? Well, it's a Christian college. Oh. She was kicked out for promiscuity. Oh, you little, you little harlot. (laughs) No idea. One rumor was that uh, she and a male student desecrated the church altar. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) Um, So by August, she was back at Wes and Willardine's miserable. Steve returned from the Navy, though. Oh, in one piece. Yes. Hopefully. Um, He fell back into a relationship with him. My guess, because, like, Steve goes and then he just comes back, is that he didn't... Because he was gone for maybe a year. That's short I'm guessing he didn't make it past basic training or something like that. He failed or he went to the wall or something. When Steve returned, they fell back into a relationship. And a few months after her 18th birthday, she moved in with him. Wes was pissed. He showed up at Steve's house with a shotgun. You know, his favorite shotgun that he kills everything else with. All reliable. (laughs) And... Um, told Steve he could either marry his daughter or send her back home. So, they got married. Well, I mean... That's how you want to go into a marriage, right? <laughs> literal With shotgun. The shotgun. Wedding. Yeah. She wasn't even pregnant. It was just, here's a shotgun, marry her or else. Yeah. What a proposal. Please marry me or your dad will kill me. Something about sending you home. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, Willadine's pre-marriage talk to her daughter consisted of telling Diane that men can be difficult, and she handed her a box of birth control. And that was it. Good luck, Godspeed, have fun, and like the little GG like, butt tap. Here you go. Like, yeah. Don't have babies. <laughs> Don't make the same mistake I did. Diane says that Steve changed the day of the wedding. Before, he put his best foot forward 
and after he seemed to care very seemed to care very little about her at all. Two weeks after the wedding, Steve told Diane he had a date. Oh. Um. He said he had to keep it since he had made the date before they were married. I'm pretty sure an acceptable, you know, excuse res- excuse would be like, um, I can't. I can't. I'm married now. Yeah. I'm pretty so, sure she'd understand. Yeah. I should be like, oh, all right. Yeah. So. It's rude. <laughs> Dan even pressed his pants for the date. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. He came home at 3 a.m. saying his car had broken down. Wink. But his white pants weren't dirty at all. They were clean. Was it before or after Labor Day? No. Oof. Oof. Lots of poor choices I mean, being made. I mean, is that the worst thing he did? <laughs> Depends on the pants. So, naturally, Diane doubted the story. Because it's bullshit. Yeah. Because it's literally non-existent. Yeah. <laughs> Steve was a stupid kid. They were both only 18. He paid more attention to his friends and cars than his wife, and at times paid more attention to other women. It didn't start out great either. Diane realized she had made a mistake. She realized that the only interest men had in her was sexual. She longed for a child as a source of unconditional love. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. Steve had changed his mind about having children and no longer wanted any. Without telling Steve, she threw away her birth control. Oh, no. That's how you fix a marriage, right? (laughs) Yeah, let's just throw children into this. Surprise children. Yeah, surprise children, which, you know, will definitely be appreciated once they come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Christine Ann Downs was born in 1974. Christine was an easygoing and happy baby, and although Steve loved his new little girl, he wasn't interested in having any more. He was pissed about it until he, later in the pregnancy, then he got like, excited. Yeah, and it started actually, like, growing yeah. on him, the idea. So, depressed due to that car accident I told you about, Steve would often ship Diane and Christine off to her mom and dad's house. They didn't live next door anymore. Oh. Um, and they would promptly send her back with a message... She's your problem now. Please stop trying to give her back. Yeah. You, Even though we threatened you yeah. to take her. You legally signed for her and no refunds. Yeah. Uh, later the same year, Diane joined the Air Force. This is... <laughs> right? No, I just... She is all over the place. There's so many things that I'm like, oh, do I need to put that in? I'm like, I have to put that in. And just like, for the sake of... I mean, what else can she do? What else can she do? Um, she only served three weeks. Well, she probably shouldn't have tried yeah. at that point. And it wasn't because she left her young family or anything. She had developed terrible blisters. Like, oh, that's just terrible. terrible. Can't, can't find pants with the blisters. They probably didn't have her shoe size. Oh, God. And wear these ugly shoes. She just keeps laughing at inappropriate training <laughs> videos. God. No, that's why she didn't make it. Ugh. Yeah, they're like, she's crazy. She's crazy. Yeah, give her something to deal with. In 1975, Dan got pregnant for a second time. Round two. Fight. Hoping another child would make her happy again. Steve was not happy. He felt she had tricked him into having another child. In 1976, two days before Steve's 21st birthday, Cheryl Lynn was born. While her first daughter was a dream, easy baby, Cheryl was a colicky, fussy baby. So it happens when you make a baby out of spite. Yeah. And trickery. Right? And to top it off, and this is not my phrasing, this is what Anne Rule says, she was not aesthetically pleasing. Oh, so she was a fugly baby she was on top of it? ugly, crying baby. That's a curse. Oh, poor baby. I guess she looked a lot like her dad. And she had, like, like mm. these really prominent features that babies grow into. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. Well, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I've seen some ugly babies. I've, you just gotta roll with it. I've seen ugly babies, but... The baby didn't choose it. Yes. <laughs> and Natasha was colicky, and it is stressful, but yeah. I don't know. Ugh. I mean, oh, goodness. Yeah. 
Poor baby. It was with having this crazy, loud, obnoxious baby, she decided no more babies. She's done having babies. I'm, dr- I'm done tricking my husband done into having babies yes, with right? me. So, um, Steve had a vasectomy. I go, sh- they went that route. Like, I know I'm, like, she's the one doing all, like... The tricking? The tricking, and yeah. she's like, but you're getting the work done. Just wait. Uh-oh. He didn't go in for his 10-week checkup, because you're supposed to, after 10 weeks, go in to make sure you're sterile. Didn't do it. She got pregnant again. <laughs> Dear audience, please follow up all doctor's appointments. You never know. It's important. Follow Those appointments aren't important. for nothing. Yeah. Do it. Just do it. Especially something as important as a baby. God. So they decided to have an abortion because neither of them wanted another baby. Progressive. Steve had another vasectomy, did his follow up. <laughs> <laughs> he was not getting anybody else pregnant. No more pregnancies. Um, in the next few years, Diane and Steve's relationship grew more turbulent. She ran away a few times with the children in tow, and Steve would always take her back when she came back. The abortion haunted Diane, though, and eventually she decided she wanted to conceive again, feeling it replaced the one she lost. That is not how that works. I guess she saw, like, a right-to-life thing at a fair or something. Oh. And she felt really guilty. So she thought she could replace the baby she got rid of. Do you remember those right for life things? Remember them? They're still everywhere. You I know, still but see like, them. do you remember yeah. when, like, when yeah. we were growing up? They gave out the little plastic fetuses. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I do. I think we had some of those fetuses. They were. It. It was they were weird. Creepy. It's, it's, do you don't don't give children fetuses that are plastic and then go raid a prize pig? I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a no. weird environment. It's it's a it's very strange. Yeah. Ugh. I don't like it. How old were you when that's when they started doing that? Oh, I don't know. Because I remember getting, I guess it was like late middle school, early high school is when I started getting bombarded with all that stuff. Yeah. That's about right. Middle school. Because everybody starts being sexually active and accidental pregnancies. Whatever. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, neither. <laughs> not in our friend group. <laughs> not our, no. A bunch of nerds. Sexually active. What? What is that? <laughs> Sounds scary. What I was scared of is I was like, well, what if I, uh, no, it wasn't even what if, I, what if I got pregnant. It was, I don't know if I can emotionally handle it and do my schoolwork. Oh, well, that's an yeah. adult thought, though. Yeah, but well, that was, that's how I was. I was very, at that age, I was very adult. Yeah. Everybody outgrew me, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steve refused to get his vasectomy reversed. Surprise. Um, so Dan did what any rational person would do. She cheated on Steve and got pregnant with another man's baby. Because he wouldn't think, hey... That's she, not mine. She didn't care. She just... She's like, YOLO. This is the way it is. <laughs> Getting this baby. Um, in fact, she had affairs with three different men. She saw it as genetic research. So she had all these affairs, picked the one that she knew would be the best... Or she thought would be, like, the best yeah. pick. And she knew her cycle so well, she could get pregnant in one shot. She's a smart cookie. Yeah. She's dumb, but she's smart. Yeah. <laughs> Clever. There, that's a good word. She settled on a 19-year-old co-worker at the mobile home plant in Mesa, Arizona that she worked. Her and Steve both worked there. Oh, God. Come <laughs> on. Yeah. Um, Broaden her... your search. <laughs> I know. Go to a bar or something. Anything. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Go out of town. Well, I guess they had to lie to the employer and say that they weren't married, that they were divorced. Oh, like in order to secure in the job or something? In order for them to both work there. Uh, yeah. Okay. So everybody there thought they weren't a couple anymore. Oh. But they absolutely were. Clusterfuck. No, this marriage is screwed from the beginning. This woman's life is this, just, no. <laughs> just a clusterfuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see here. Her quote is, I seduced him, and I know my cycle, and it only took once. I got pregnant. <laughs> Steve knew it was not his child, but as soon as he was born, Steve fell in love with him. Stephen Danielle Down was born December 29th, 1975. So he finally got a boy out of the deal. He got a boy. So that that's probably what soothed, soothed that yeah, wound. Yeah, because he was upset that he didn't have a boy in the first pregnancy. Um, so I'll just trick you next time. We'll try again. <laughs> That's what my brother did to have a girl. <laughs> and now both my brothers did it. For like one did it to have a boy, one did it to have a girl. Now I have like a million nieces and nephews. Jesus. Have him stop it. I'm just having, I have my one. I'm good. I'm yeah. settled. I got the one. Yeah. Get him out. Get him out. <laughs> Done. Diane loved being pregnant, but she was not a very good mother. She cannot handle the stress of three young children combined with an unhappy marriage. She was abusive both physically and verbally to her children. She had become her father. Oh. Bad place to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, at Diane's own admission, Cheryl got the worst of it. And that's the thing. A lot of this information is from Diane. Yeah. It's corroborated by others, but she is... She owned up to... She's, she, she's trying to... But she's trying to also say, like, somehow, like, oh, it's not my fault. It's because I was abused. Yeah. But at a certain point, you can't keep doing that. You gotta own up to your life. Yeah. In early 1980, Diane saw a special on surrogate parenting, and a light bulb went up. She could have the joy of being pregnant, not have to deal with the child later, and get paid for it. I guess I've just never really interacted with pregnant women that enjoyed thoroughly being pregnant. I liked being pregnant. Yeah? Yeah. Well, like, enough to, like, where you'd make it make a career out of it? If I didn't have a weird uterus, yeah. Well, it's heart-shaped, and it's adorable. It's heart-shaped. Yeah. It loves things, just not... Baby's being in the right position. <laughs> My baby was breech. <laughs> so breech and colicky. God. <sighs> but she's perfect now. <laughs> no, I love my daughter. All right. So in order to qualify, she would have to undergo multiple tests, including psychological tests. One psychologist said there is a considerable neurotic interplay both in this marriage and in this woman's total adjustment to life. I it, it cuts to the core. <laughs> yeah. Um, but not wrong. <laughs> she did not do well with tests where she had to demonstrate social cause and effect reasoning. Because she didn't have any. Shocker! <laughs> yeah. Um, they were afraid that she would not give the baby up when it came time to. Eventually, they found a psychologist that gave her a passing mark so she'd go forward with it. So the first one said no. So they found one that said yes. So they just, oh, just trying to play the system. Yeah. Oh, my God. So um, by the end of 1980, Diane and Steve finally got a divorce. Good for him. Yes. You know. Good for both of them. They Honestly, yeah. they, were, they were both shitbags. They were both shitbags, yeah. At least be independently shitbags. <laughs> be happy, I guess. But. They had both been unfaithful many times over, and it was long overdue. Um, Diane was never without a lover. She jumped from bed to bed, man to man, and the children suffered. For it. She would leave them home alone. She would just dump them off at her parents, dump them off at Steve's. Yeah. Um, she was working at the post office at the time and working her th- way through the office men. Yep. <laughs> Do you just transfer out when you're done? Like when you just when no. you're reached around? All in the oh. same office. Oh my god. <laughs> what if you run out of people in that office? That's what I'm saying. Like, do you just you just quit? Start a new job? New life? Well new baby? <laughs> she did move to Oregon eventually. That's true. <laughs> we'll get we there. have a lot of post office 
1981, she was inseminated and instantly became pregnant. In Arizona, she was carrying the mail for the USPS. Her schedule and the children's schedule worked well for the most part. But for half the day, Cheryl, who was only attending half days in kindergarten at the time, had to sit in front of the house and wait for her mother to get home later in the afternoon. A neighbor witnessed this and was not happy about it. She finally got the nerve to write a note to Diane about it. So it wasn't, like, cold outside because it's in Arizona. But it's a five-year-old. And it's still a level of neglect. Yeah. Sitting in front of a house. She is hungry. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know what her her stats are at. Like, if what she needs. And the neighbor found out about it because Cheryl would come to her door and ask to go to the bathroom or something like that. Um, Dan was pissed. She marched Cheryl to the neighbor's house and explained her route was close enough to home and that Cheryl would not be neglected. Dan then turned to Cheryl and said, you're such a bad little girl. You don't obey mommy. You deserve to be killed. God, Jesus Christ, mother of the year. Okay. That escalated. Quickly. Rather quickly. Rather quickly. (laughs) From One. zero to eleven. Ooh, ooh. Um, the neighbor awkward situation <laughs> suggested that she could care for all three children after school to help out the single mother. Okay, so like a she's nice. Like, she's like, "Don't kill your kid." Yeah. First of all, um, your problem. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to help. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, don't take it out on her because please, you're please, the please. monster here. Right. So Christine, the eldest, did uh, most of the care for the younger children. Diane consistently ignored them and did indeed neglect them. It was more than one neighbor who witnessed the neglect and the abuse. Diane only thought of the good times they had. She saw herself as a fun fun mom who spoiled them and did fun things with them. In May 1982, Diane gave birth to her surrogate child. Despite worries that she would not be able to hand over the baby to the rightful parents, she did. Uh, She honored her contract and was paid $10,000, which would be about $20,000 in today's money. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to find out. Yeah. What the comparison was. Yeah, what's that? What's the exchange rate? All right. So this section I titled, The Affair. Dun, dun, dun. In July 1982, Diane had worked her way through a few of the married men at the Chandler, Arizona post office. And then she settled on Lou. So this name is, I believe, a pseudonym that that she used in her book. Oh, so it's that like animal exactly. used because when I looked online, there was a completely different name. So I'm just gonna stick with Lou. It's a good name. It's a yeah. Lewis Stanton Lewison was a Texas-born postal carrier who was on his second marriage. His current marriage was shaky as well when he met Diane. Lou had had flings in the past with his first wife, so this wasn't new ground. He wanted a fling with Diane, not an affair, and he made that clear to her. He had he had had a vasectomy at 21. He liked kids just fine, but he didn't want any of his own. And because he had a vasectomy, there's no risk of getting anybody pregnant, so he could just have flings. It's baffling to me that vasectomies are given out like candy. Yeah. But just podcast land, if you're unaware how ladies work, um, if you're a woman, like, under, God, what, 40? Under 40? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have a, like, medical reason... You could be gay, straight, like, that could, kids could not be in your future for sure. They will not remove your reproductive organs. No. Unless it's, like, you have super cancer. Yeah. But, like, it's it's baffling to me that, like, oh, vasectomy, get in here. And the thing with getting your tubes tied is I believe it can be reversed. But if you, like, if yeah. you've never had children or if you're just, yeah. like, you know that, you know, I'm not going to have them, yeah. they won't do it. Fix it. Fix it. Almost 2020. Let us make that decision. Also, we're people and we can vote. 
And if we regret it, then fine, we regret it. <laughs> it's not your fault. We told you to do it. I think that's the thing. They're Damn like, it. well, you'll end up regretting this. Like, how do you know? Yeah. Especially in this day and age where people are becoming more accepting of, of couples that don't want kids. Frankly, people can't afford kids. So. It's impossible. Yeah. That's why we don't want to have another one. One of the many reasons, yeah. but, like, that's a big one right there. It's like, well, we would... How? How? One of us would have to quit our job in order to stay at home with a kid. And then how do you, yeah. They began a relationship that would, that wouldn't even last a year, but would still have serious repercussions. Dan could not accept the idea that Lou would not one day leave his wife for her, despite him telling her so many times. And she knew he was not interested in having children, but was sure she could find a way for the kids not to bother him. Hmm. So her ultimate goal was to have a big mansion. She even like drew out plans for it. And there was, like, the kids' wing and their wing. And the maid would take care of the kids. What's the plan? Oh, I love playing The Sims too, lady. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's this dream house. Maybe like, if wow. she had The Sims. She wouldn't have, you know, taken a turn. Oh, man. So eventually Lou confessed to his wife that he was having an affair. She forgave him. Diane was upset. This is not what she had planned at all. Um, after a second insemination that ended up failing, Diane was extremely depressed. Um, after a fight with Steve, she locked herself in the bathroom, Steve, her ex-husband, locked herself in the bathroom of her trailer, threatening suicide. Diane shot into the floor with a twenty-two pistol. Steve just heard her threatening suicide in a shot. He broke down the door, found Diane holding a gun, pointed at him. She said, I can't kill myself, but I can kill you. Jesus fuck. She's fucking crazy! I don't like to use that term, but she's fucking crazy. She's great. She did not pull the trigger, but the event scared Steve. He took the gun, which had been a gift from Diane, and he took it and put it in his house. After this, she... She on you for giving someone a gun as a gift that's mentally just probably not the greatest person to give a gun to. No, she gave it to him. Uh, And then... He probably should have taken better care of it. Yeah. I don't know. Someone messed up. Maybe it's like a different time. A gun? Um, After this, she managed to get Lou to sleep with her again. This brought her out of her depression temporarily. She even went to a tattoo parlor and got a rose tattoo with the name Lou beneath it. She told Lou she got it to mark her as his. After he told her he planned on leaving his wife, Dan rented them an apartment, but Lou never moved in. Oh, no. He ended up getting his own apartment. One night they were fighting and Diane asked him who he loved most, her or Nora, his wife. He said Nora. Who's shelling out this various rents also? That's like, my question. There's just... They're like, hold on, I have a love nest here, here, and here, but I'm going to still stay at this house. Well, she received a lot of money for the, the insemination. She sold her half of the house she had with Steve to oh, Steve. Okay. So and then she bought herself a trailer. Some money. Okay. Yeah. Between this reveal, a half-burnt trailer, which was part of a failed insurance scam that her and Steve cooked up, a failed attempt at going back to school to pursue her medical ambitions and a failed business that was meant to compete with other surrogacy clinics. Diane had had it. That's where she draws the line. Yeah. At 17 variants of, of fraud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she, she blames Steve for fucking up the insurance thing. Cause it was like their idea. They picked, they concocted together. She was going to give him half of the insurance money. He started the fire in her bedroom and, <gasps> But closed her bedroom door so it didn't spread to the rest of the house. You're like, way to go. You literally ruined a room. But good news. Her waterbed survived. How? <laughs> it's a waterbed. <laughs> but it's still made of plastic. It's going to melt. <laughs> Supernatural ass. 
waterbeds. Yeah, so now she's stuck with a half-burnt trailer. It's okay, she has a waterbed that's apparently more indestructible than Cher. <laughs> she got, like, a small payout. Steve was supposed to fix it, and he just never did. Pop the waterbed. There, I fixed it! And just walks out. <laughs> um, Steve. So she put in a transfer to go to Eugene, Oregon. Um, her father had been made Postmaster General. Da-da-da-da! Fancy. Yeah. Apparently you need to be an asshole to be Postmaster General. I believe it. The Postmaster General of Portland might be a very nice guy. And if you want to hire me, I'm always looking. <laughs> Side note. So, if you're listening, I'm sure they've gotten better since the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Um, Unless and, this is you, Lou. <laughs> and if you're hiring um, at sisterxpodcast at gmail.com. She did this hoping Lou would follow her. He did not. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. He did leave a parting gift. He went ahead and got a matching rose tattoo, but refused to get her name with it. That's like the, it's uh, like the ultimate cop out for her. Well, I guess he told her she he was gonna follow her. Like she was gonna move, gonna move, and finally, like the last like, yeah, week, yeah, you first, you first. Yeah, finally, the last week, he's like, okay, I'll go. He gave her like five hundred, or he he gave her five. No, somebody gave somebody five hundred dollars. There was money involved. There was an exchanging of money. Yeah. She gave him $500 so he could pay off some bills before he came up there. Once she was up there and he it was obvious he wasn't coming back, she's like, well, then give me the money back. And he's like, okay. He's really oh. <laughs> oh, I just had to pay you out this whole time? Yeah. Could have um, saved myself a rose tattoo. As soon as Diane was gone, Lou says he was finally able to think clearly. He came back to his wife, who forgave him again, and ended up putting his wife's name, Nora, under the rose tattoo. I would still hate that if no. I was his wife, though. I'd be <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, it took you a You mean little... the cheating tattoo <laughs> that you little... <laughs> put my name under. That matches some broad so in Oregon. So romantic. It's wicked classy. So romantic. Yeah, um, I guess it was a little while after that 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 all happened. Yes. Like, he didn't move back in with Nora immediately because he didn't want her to see, as he said, this stupid tattoo. Well, yeah. So maybe it was, like, Nora's like, fine, you can have that tattoo, but you gotta put my fucking name on it. Yeah. Which, Nora fucking leaves the asshole. Yeah, just call it a, call it a wash. Alright, Diane was now a resident of beautiful Oregon. Welcome, Diane. Welcome. Please leave. Yeah. Please turn the fuck around. <laughs> I saw somebody with a shirt the other day that says, you're in Oregon. Be nice now. Oh. I liked it. <laughs> As somebody who's not from Oregon originally, I was like, yeah, seriously. Be nice. I learned how. All right. Dan um, um, still continued to call Lou, who ignored her phone calls. He told his coworkers to cover for him when she called the office because she did that too. Of course um, And Diane settled into apartment. Then on the night of May 19th, 1983, Diane drove up to the Mackenzie Willamette Hospital in Springfield, Oregon in her red Nissan Pulsar MX. Ooh. I have a picture of the Pulsar. Oh, it's cute. It's a, yeah, it's a little red car. It looks like a Pinto. Yeah. But less flammable. But it's a Nissan. Yeah. Nissan. I mean, it's still slap at it, but it won't ignite. <laughs> so, um, for those people who are listening, which is everybody, it's a two-door car. So it's not... Two it's person. got to put the seats up. It's got the seats in the back, but it's not easy to get to them. Um, it's a grocery getter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she's very proud of it. She yeah. just bought it. I'd be stoked. Yeah. Uh, new start, new life, all yeah. that. 
Um, anyways, she pulls up to the hospital. She begins honking her horn until somebody saw two nurses came out. Somebody shot my kids, she what says. What the Christ. <laughs> this is what you came here for, everybody. <laughs> the nurses looked into the car and saw two shaped slumps in the back. Um, the staff quickly went into action. They found one more child on the floorboard of the front seat passenger side. Diane was a blank slate with no emotion. The staff assumed she was in shock. Cheryl Lynn Downs, age seven, was dead. The other children, Christine, eight, and Danny, three, were critical. When questioned about what happened, Diane's initial story was this. They had stopped at a friend's house after leaving Diane's parents' house. On the way home, they took a detour. Diane said the children loved to sightsee and go on adventures. After a bit, she saw it was dark, and they were falling asleep. So she decided to head home. She took an unknown road, hoping it would lead home eventually, then she saw a man in the road, waving her down. Naturally, as, as a single mother... With children in the car. With children in the car. In an unknown area, in the fucking dark. She stops. Of course she did. She she's... thought he was in trouble. You know, good Samaritan. Mm. She stopped, took her keys out of the ignition, came, asked what was wrong. He told Diane he wanted her car and pulled a gun on her. When Diane refused, he reached into the car, shot the kids... Diane then tried to wrestle the gun out of his hands and was shot in the arm in the process. She then faked throwing her keys into the bushes to distract him. Kicked him. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm kicking. She is actually kicking. I'm actually kicking. She kicked him, got into her car, drove away, sped to the hospital. The police were called as soon as they started questioning her. The story started changing bits by bits. It was not adding up. She started talking about how they had been laughing and joking just before, but then they were also sleeping just before. And why would he shoot the kids? Yeah, like... Yeah. They posed no threat to him. <laughs> she posed a threat to him. He didn't even know that the kids were in there. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't he just threaten the children to control her? Like, there's a lot of, like, just poorly not good storylines no, here. No, no, She's no. She's not, not doing a good job. And when we're telling the story to the first detective on the scene, she added, I wasn't going to let him have my car. I just bought it. Strong, independent woman. Fuck the three kids I have. Yeah. Well, I My mean... My fucking car. They're not ch- candy apple red. Oh, no. They were shot, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they are now. Oh, ah, no. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. All right. Let's see here. Diane was not the first initial suspect, though. The report of a madman with a gun with no compunction to kill children in cold blood terrified the area. They called all the resources at their disposal to search the area Diane said the shooting happened. After getting her arm bandaged, the detective asked her to take him to the crime scene so they could accurately search the area. On the way out of the hospital, a nurse pulled her aside and told her that one of her girls looked really bad and may not be alive when she returns. She said, okay. She's like, she was stone-faced. She's like, and? So that's good. I, do I still have to pay the bill? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> right after this, she passed her new car, and she asked the detective, I hope my car is okay. Does it have any bullet holes in it? Jesus Christ, woman. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're fine. They just told her, we don't know yet. <laughs> um, I don't know. IDK dead kids? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy man with a gun. Let's worry about that 12 first. 12 other things that are... On the forefront of her brains? While she was at the scene, she brought them out there, she suddenly remembered something, an icky, quote, icky, yellow car along the road, which was no longer there. Sure. Sure I there was. I the descriptor of 
is icky. icky. Like, like the color was That's icky. That's what I call all yellow cars, though, really. Like, she's talking about the color. I'm thinking it was like a junky car. Just like a lemon. Just a piece of crap car. Just booping around. Just a lemon on wheels. Yeah. I'm just picturing a lemon with, like, windows well, in it. Well, that's more adorable than what I'm picturing, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I would stop for an There actual... was a lemon over there, I swear! The lemon had a gun. <laughs> It's a lemon that shot my children. The lemon killed my kids. <laughs> All right. She's crazy. All right. All right. Turns out. All right. After returning to the hospital, Diane was tested for gunpowder residue, which is standard procedure. It was all negative. The description of the man that shot them was white, late 20s, 5'9", 150 to 170 pounds, dark hair, shag wavy cut, about two days worth of stubble, Levi's jacket, light, off-color t-shirt. So literally every white man in the 80s. Yeah, like that was the vaguest. Yeah. But yet somewhat still detailed enough where I could see where she would think that that's a good like, just yeah. a good like, oh yeah, no, he totally did it. Like, no, that's just Jerry who works at the little stop and rob. Literally anybody on the street. And that description with the shag wavy cut, people would start calling it the shaggy haired man. Ah. Yeah, so that was like the... And everybody, like, quoted that and like, all that. It's yeah. just a dude. The mysterious shaggy-haired man. All right. With so two days of distinct stubble. This part's going to be hard, but I have to tell you what the injuries were. Ooh, okay. All right. Prepared. It's okay. Puppies, kittens, happy things. Christine had been shot three times. One shot entered near the left nipple, going through her chest and exiting at the scapula. The second entered close to the first and left a much larger wound. The third wound was near the base of her left thumb. Her heart stopped once at the ER, but they were able to resuscitate her. The trauma caused her to suffer a stroke, and she wound up in stable but serious condition. Like, basically point blank. And you're a child. Yeah. Anything's point blank at that. Yeah, and I mean, the story is basically that he reached into the car with a gun and shot the kids. Okay. But I don't know how well he could see in there. To... Also, how do you shoot a thumb? It's kind of weird. My guess is maybe it was like a, a defensive de- a reflex? kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. That, okay, that makes sense. Or if the person's just firing wildly in there. Then you're just going to nick whatever. But considering it hit so many, like, vital, like, in the center of her chest, kind of. What are the odds of, you know. Yeah. Um, Danny bullseye. had been shot once. The bullet entered a a fraction of an inch away from his spinal column. The gunshot left him paralyzed, but alive. He was only three. The three-year-old baby. Yeah, he's probably going to cry. Cheryl had been shot twice. The first shot had been at point-blank range and entered just below the left shoulder blade, damaging her left lung, her aorta, and her trachea. The second wound was also at point-blank range over the right shoulder blade and followed a similar path through her right lung, her aorta, and her trachea. Both wounds were fatal. Yeah, no shit. Jesus fucking Christ. Cheryl was the one that was in the front seat on the floorboard. The one, yeah, okay. So she was probably closest to whoever was shooting. Yeah. Diane had been shot in the arm. A superficial wound that required some surgery to strengthen the arm, a metal plate, uh, but she was discharged from the hospital in a few days, while two of her children suffered in critical condition, and one was dead. Yeah. She's all living fucking candy laying cakes and pies and, mm. like, 
by, by the end of this, you're going to absolutely hate her. If you I don't, hate, I hate her already. I, I hated her with all the cheating and that stuff. I already hated her with that. And this is just so much worse. All I can say is I fuck a, Diane Downs. Yeah, I just like have this general disdain for the family since cats had ringworms. I'm just, this whole family is just. Don't shoot the cats. Just don't, don't have a, just don't fuck shoot anybody. Here's a. Stop for, shooting all the animals. Poor nanny goat. Yeah. After asking her to describe the gun, which she was unable to do, they asked if she had any firearms. Um, she said she had a twenty-two rifle in the closet at home. Um, the detective asked if he could search her home, and she signed a consent form for the search. She also asked him to get her journal. But don't look at it, because that's where I keep my secrets. No, she was okay with them looking at the journal. Really? She's just like, whatever. Oh, yeah. uh, I need to... <laughs> like, you know, if you're planning something... Like... And you want to come across as sympathetic or innocent. Mm. You might write things in a journal that would make you sound innocent. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's a thing. Ugh. The search ended up revealing a home sparse of personal belongings, food, or homey touches, with the exception of some photos of Diane, um, some photos of Diane and Lou on the walls, and a brass unicorn with an engraving. Christine, Cheryl, and Danny, I love you, Mom. May 13th, 1983. They found the twenty-two Diane said would be there, along with a shell that did not match any of her bullets. Ooh. It was another twenty-two shell, but it did not match her type of gun. Fair warning, I know nothing about guns. I'm not going to go into super detail about guns, because I have no idea what I'm talking about. They found her diary, which turned out to be a series of letters that she never sent to Lou. Um, this became evidence, and they made copies of it before handing it over to Diane. They're like, yeah, yeah, no, we told... Yeah, no, hold Here, have it back, have it back. Sorry, the pages are folded all funny. Yeah, sorry I dog-eared it and <laughs> got schmutz on page 42, but it's fine. Um, while in the hospital... Diane called her old post office to speak to Lou. She got a sympathetic but cold shoulder. Lou was saddened for what happened, but knew he could not give in to Diane again. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. That's on you. I'm sorry. You're... Yeah, that's, that sucks. Yeah, it sucks, but that's not, that's not my problem. No. Detectives questioned both Lou and Steve Downs, thinking they each had a motive. But interviews revealed more and more that Diane might be the shooter. Steve Downs revealed to detectives that Diane had possession of three guns. One of the guns was the same type that shot the children. Unfortunately, despite extensive searches of the area around the shooting and the nearby river, no gun was ever found. Hmm. They recovered the bullet Diane had shot into the floor of her trailer, but unfortunately it was too weather-worn to give any sort of match. Oh. One diary entry on May 13th, 1983, same date as that unicorn, um, spoke of a trip to the coast. On the drive back, she stopped with her three sleeping children at a lake and wrote about looking over the water and thinking deeply. Investigators thought that this was the intended day of the shooting, hence the unicorn, a memorial, but something had changed her mind in that moment. What the fuck? Yeah, I would hope something would change your mind. The fact that you're their fucking mom. Yeah. And or, you, you know, don't, you know, they're children. Yeah, just don't. You d- don't do that. I'm, I'm, yeah. It, the fact that she went out of her way to, like, pick out a little memorial for yeah. them. Yeah. Like, oh, the kids loved unicorns. What, mom? Don't worry about it. Like, what? And she ended up using that unicorn as a memorial for Cheryl, too. She ended up telling her other kids she that just this. buff out the date and put a new one in? No, she just, like, had the, she's like, 
unicorns never die, and Cheryl is now this unicorn. She'll never die. Oh, that's how you get kids as hoarders way down in the line, too. You're just... Oh, my God. And unicorns do die, for the record. They are gone, so obviously... I haven't obviously seen any years. Something years. <laughs> years. <laughs> been, Have you seen Legend? <laughs> they die. It's been four it's moons. Four moons. <laughs> Many moons. Many moons have passed. The evidence was piling up. Diane's story didn't add up. She had access and lied about having the same type of weapon that caused the children's injuries. In early June, the court decided to take custody of the surviving children until the investigation could be completed. They didn't want her... Smart. Yeah. Um, both of the children had undergone such trauma that their memories were not clear. Christine could hardly talk because of the stroke, um, and was in speech therapy, and Danny was so young, confused, and scared. Yeah, I mean, and you're was, three, and you're fucking paralyzed now, so you're dealing yeah. with that. So he didn't, he didn't understand, like, what was happening. Like, he's like, why can't, he kept asking, like, why can't I stand up? It just breaks your Yeah, because what do you, you yeah. can't, you can't explain it. You're like, well, choices were made. Yeah. She was now an official suspect. Her access to the children was monitored, and the media found out. Um, the world was about to meet Diane Downs. Oh, boy. Oh, TV darling. Oh, buckle Diane up. Downs. I like this because I found out about the story through My Favorite Murder, mm. and both the girls on there, they were teenagers at this time. Oh, Or okay. they knew more about this. Yeah. They knew more about this. They, like, some of them even remember some of the news, yeah. like... For us, this is before we were born. Yeah. This is totally new to us. So when I was reading this, this is just insanity. And then I don't know if you've heard how much of this story you've yeah, heard. Yeah, not, I've yeah. just like very exactly. small amounts. So um, people were shocked at the idea that a mother might deliberately shoot her own children, but the media ate it Oh, up. I'm sure. Fucking drama on toast. It's got everything. Yeah. It's got murder. It's got sex. It's got Dead lies. Kids. It's got the post office. Still hiring? Still hiring? Yes. <laughs> Not an ad. Not an ad. But willing to be. Not an ad. Um, she decided to use the platform to proclaim her innocence. She appeared on every news report she could. She called her own press conferences. She even reenacted the terrible night with a similar car with the cameras rolling. Giggling and seeming to enjoy herself, she showed how she threw the keys, or faked throwing the keys, and got back into the car. When she bumped her bandaged arm... She exclaimed, ouch, that's almost as bad as, and then stopped. Oh, you fucking idiot. And you can watch this video on YouTube. Because she was, she did so many media interviews, we could spend hours just watching YouTube videos of Diane Because she's just that into it. Because she was that, and she loved it. She, she, she took that, yeah, so she took that attention focus, and she just went hard yeah. on it. Oh my god, at yeah. least she's not bringing more kids in the world. It's not, I mean. I'm giving you a look. <laughs> But wait, there's more. Of course. Because Diane Downs is extra as shit. (laughs) Shit. Um, Numerous tips flooded the detectives, many false leads and dead ends. Then a man came forward with news that would destroy Diane's case. While driving home from a family gathering at 11 p.m. on the night of the shooting, Joseph Inman found his drive slowed to a crawl. He was stuck behind a red car with Arizona plates. Oh, shit. They were only going 10 to 15 miles per hour. Oh, no. The road was too windy to pass, and he had to wait for a straight stretch to pass the car. Ugh. And we know he's very specific about the time because he was getting a paper notarized that night. So So he's like, oh, yeah, no, at this time exactly, at 45 seconds, yes. How'd you know? Yeah. Red car, Arizona plates? And Diane's excuse for that was that she was 
she had her arm hurt and she was trying to get Christine to roll over because she was like choking on her blood. Oh. But also one thing that the nurses noticed that when they started um, trying to get like the blood out of her throat, usually if the child had gotten to her fast, as fast as she's saying from where she came from, yeah. it wouldn't be super difficult. But there were blood clot after blood clot after blood clot. So she had been in the thick of it for yes. way longer than she had said. Mm-hmm. The timing was just jacked. way off. Yeah. Diane um, continued to use the media to badmouth the police for suspecting her and not looking for the real shooter. Truthfully, though, they did look for the real shooter. They followed up on all the leads that came in, but there was no trace or evidence that anybody else was on that road that night. And the guy that was on the same road she was on, that she said the shooting happened, that stuck behind her, he didn't see anybody on the road that night either. So it was like a way dead end. Yeah. I don't know if it was a dead or, end. Or, you know, or dead, But it know, was like, yeah, it wasn't... Quiet, it was quiet road. Mm-hmm. The police needed to buy their time until Christine was able to talk, though. And ready to talk about everything, what she remembered that night. They couldn't press charges until they had that eyewitness account. And because Christine's recovering, she's going through all this therapy. Yeah, you can't can't rush it. it. She can barely vocalize it at that point. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, her mind was still really sharp, but her brain trying to find the right words to say what her mind's thinking. Yeah, and then to translate it, and then you can't translate it because then you had the stroke too, and then you're young, and you don't know how to articulate Child having a stroke is just so... Oh my god. Despite all of her bad-mouthing of the investigation, she would occasionally call the detectives with another clue that just came to her. But they I hardly... just made this up! <laughs> no, 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 no. I know I told you one thing the night of, but I thought of something that... You remember when I hit my to... elbow? Let's pretend I didn't, because that really gave me away. Ow. Almost as hurts as getting shot. Fuck. Wasn't supposed to say that. Yeah, whoops. Whoopsies. Um, but uh, most of the stories hardly made sense, and she was really cryptic and evasive. At one point, she tried saying she knew the people. At one point, she tried saying she did know the people. At one point, she said, I'm too scared to tell you because I don't want them to hurt me or hurt my kids more. All this bullshit. She just kept pulling. Yeah, it was crazy. I would um, like a definition on how to hurt your children more. <laughs> what damage has literally already been yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. Um, she tried listing suspects to the detectives, but um, they each one that they, they were able to eliminate. Just, like, dismiss just immediately. Yeah. Um, I wrote down they were able to shoot down each one. Pun intended? I said, I said no pun intended. First of all, puns are always intended. Oh, but it's children. <laughs> the well, babies. They would have grown up to have delightful, punny humor, too, and they would have liked it. Huh? Yeah. Turning it around? <laughs> Making it a silver lining? Um, yeah. So she suggested that it was someone she knew, that they must have followed her to the distant road uh, where the shooting happened. But if that were the case, how'd they get in front of her? <laughs> Through the power of magic. <laughs> aliens. Imagination. It was obviously There's aliens. Literally, the 12 other things it could have been. Eventually, she lost patience. She told them to fuck off. <laughs> And if they didn't want to listen to her, then she didn't care if they caught the guy or not. But she insisted she didn't do it. What? <laughs> I just picture like someone just getting so dramatically about her. Fuck off! I don't even care anymore. And just thing, dipping there's, out. <laughs> there's like audio recordings of this shit. It's crazy. By the end of the summer, the attention from the media had faded from Diane um, and the case. She was left depressed. She was not allowed to see her children. Lou would cut all ties. Bored, my kids are dead. She hatched a plan. Oh, God, no. (laughs) No. Do you want to guess what she did? 
I hope it's a pyramid scheme. Is it a pyramid scheme? Nope. Damn it. She found a donor. Oh, no. Um, any man she thought was a good enough specimen. So at this point, literally any man. She could have stopped the ad at that. And probably. by October, she was pregnant again. I'm going to name you whatever child's name number two. So this good. one was supposed to replace. She, that's not how babies work. The one that died. Yeah. Can, has someone told her this? Like center, like hopefully, the facts. <laughs> Since she is older, she will she be more older. familiar. I could page her. Here's if a that's fact. what she. Prefers. No, she liked letter writing. She was a letter writer. Oh yeah, yeah. penmanship. Yeah, the press ate it up. Of course they did. Why not? Now this murderess was pregnant. She was back in the spotlight, toting that this new baby was a replacement for the love she lost when Cheryl died. That's not how any like of this works. <laughs> I mean... You can't backfill babies. No. That's not how... No. And then, during this time, making... What was that? It hurts your brain. Is what it does. It's... Yeah. It's one of those things you're like... You have those moments when you're like, maybe I'm a bad person. Then you're like, but then there's then worse people. Then there's worse people. <laughs> so, maybe I'm a bad person. But comparatively, I'm a good person. Exactly. Comparatively, I'm a... You can't have a, good without bad. Comparatively, I'm a nun. <laughs> During this time, making all these TV appearances, dressed as the perfect grieving and pregnant mother, people started comparing her to Princess Diana. How? And I is said, it the is it the hair? I said, baloney. <laughs> I think I think it is partially the hair. She had the short, cropped blonde hair. Mm-hmm. She had big eyes. And Di the had big, big eyes. eyes. But she, I'm sorry. Everyone's like, oh, she's so pretty. I'm sorry. She was ugly. I'm not the person to throw around the ugly word to people for pure physical things. And maybe it's, it's tainted the, it's with the, what yeah, I know. what it is. It's, it's the horrific inside just coming out. Yeah. She's ugly. Inside and out. But she had the body. So those who thought she was innocent called her Lady Di, spelt D-I. And those who thought she was guilty called her Lady Di, spelt D-I-E. I mean, it's appropriate. Which is why I titled it. I like it. D-I-E. <laughs> Podcast um, world. With audio. By the way, there is. Spelling. I think she's guilty. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. It's hard to get a spelling joke off yeah. in um, podcasts, so I'm just going to spell it to you. Everybody likes having things spelled to them, right? Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> in one interview after the pregnancy announcement, she complained to a reporter they say that I'm lucky about her minor injury, but I don't feel very lucky. And this is like a literal quote. I got this verbatim. I couldn't die my tie my damn shoes for about two months. It is very painful. It is still painful. I have a steel plate in my arm. I will for a year and a half. The scar is going to be there forever. I'm going to remember that night for the rest of my life, whether I want to or not. I don't think I was very lucky. I think my kids were lucky. What? If... (laughs) (laughs) No! I'm not laughing at the quote. I'm laughing at Stephanie's reaction. Woman! (laughs) If I had been shot the way they were, we would all have died except for maybe Danny. That's why she thinks the kids are lucky. Because if she would have gotten shot, the amount of eyes that are in that quote. Yeah. It's the poor me, poor me, poor me. Oh, my elbow hurts, dead kid. Oh, but I'm going to have a scar. Kids are still dead. Oh, I really, I can't tie my shoes. Oh, my shoes. It's called a fucking flip-flop. Figure it out. Your kids are, one, two dead? One's dead. One's dead. But Two like, are in very critical like condition. Like, your, your family's in fucking shambles. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. The kids are the lucky ones. You, no. The luckiest part about the kids at this point is that she doesn't have access Custis- to them. Yeah. Like, she does not have like this. I mean, you're, yeah. Merry Christmas. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, my little comment under that is, what the actual fuck? 
Just, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. In January 1984, Christine finally made enough progress to tell her therapist what had happened. All right. Now I'm going to introduce you to Fred Hugie. Hugie? Hugie. Funny name, but he is the hero of the story. Absolutely. Fred Hugie was the district attorney who had been put in charge of the case. He had been involved since the first night, keeping vigil at Christine and Danny's bedside. Him and his wife had always been workaholics and chose their careers over kids, but Hughie felt very protective over the children. And in um, Anne Rule's book, she has a really good line where, like, when he walked in and he saw the kids, like, Christine was covered in all of her medical stuff, yeah. and they locked eyes, and from there he just, like, fell in love with the kids. Oh, he's like, they, I mean, well, they're literally the innocents. The in most innocent. They've had Ever. nothing but shite luck mm-hmm. up until this point. Yeah. Terrible fucking childhoods. Yeah. Give so, these kids a fucking break. Yeah, seriously. And if anybody can assist yeah. that here. He had been keeping tabs on Christine's progress with her therapy. Recently, he started helping her prepare for a trial. He knew he would have to ask awful questions um, to an already broken child. Yeah. So I mean, he started building the trust between them. One of the things he did is he brought her into the actual courtroom that they would be in and had her pretend to be him, pretend to be the other person, pretend to be the judge. Like, just to get comfortable. So she could be as comfortable as possible and less stress. On February 28th, 1984, Elizabeth Diane Downs was arrested and charged with one count of murder, two counts of attempted murder, and two counts of assault in the first degree. The trial was all anybody was talking about in the area. People packed into the Lane County Courthouse in droves. Pregnant defendant accused of trying to kill her kids. Made tons of news. Everybody well, yeah, knew especially about if it. you're, like, literally mid-pregnancy. And you're yeah. like, hey. She's walking into court in her, like, maternity Like, and she's clothes. doing, like, the wa- the cutesy prego waddle. It's like, oh, no, but look. But I made one. Oh, see? Yeah, barely. Uh, women especially flocked to the trial, citing that the day was their day to themselves, away from their families. This is not... <laughs> Jenny goddamn Jones. This is not your home from school because you have a fever watching Wheel. I don't even know. Yeah, no, this is... This is not... uh, No, and it was... Everyone was really split. Like, a lot of women were like, no, how could any... But how could any mother ever do that? And some women were like, of course she did it. It was very split. Everybody was just... Yeah. Hughie brought into evidence Diane's consistent change of her story... First it was some random stranger, then it was somebody she knew, then she didn't know, then there were two of them, then she knew who it was but didn't want to help the police. Um, now it was just, I have no idea who did it. I don't know. Um, that guy points at random juror number four. <laughs> He's Him? got shaggy hair. Yeah. He was born. Like, what? <laughs> like, that was your only prerequisite for a witness was just, I don't know. I don't know. That guy? Hey, he had a hair. Was he, were you there? Were you the shaggy haired guy? No. <sighs> Hughie presented the motive as lust. She wanted to be with a man who had no interest in having children. She didn't want her ex to have them, and they were easy targets, perfectly drowsy in a dark car. Diane's defense attorney, Jim Jagger, also a fun name. Lots of fun names in these. Yeah. Yeah. One of the detectives was named Dick Tracy. If he wasn't (laughs) a detective, I would have been disappointed. Yeah. So Jim Jagger countered that Diane had said many times she would never let a man get between her and her children. And that her seemingly intensive ins- insensitivity to the situation was due to the strict no crying rules from her childhood. 
Both sides hoped exposing her awful childhood would help them. The defense hoped it would get sympathy. How could somebody who was so damaged do the same to her children? Prosecution hoped it would show that this was a case of an abused child continuing the cycle of child abuse. Oh yeah, for sure. Ironically, when Diane tried to go back to college, she wrote a paper about the same thing. Oh, like the the cycle continuing? About the cycle continuing, well, yeah. No saying she's how, living it every day. Saying how wrong it was and how you shouldn't do that. But I'm, I'm, she probably knew so much about it because she had guilt about it. Yeah, she's just course correcting, but then it's still wrong. Yeah. doesn't um, exonerate you from anything. Right? One doctor testified that Diane asked him not to resuscitate Christine since she knew that she had brain damage. But at this point in the awful night, no tests had been done to determine that. So she was already trying to say, like, <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Then Christine took the stand. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. No. This is stressful. I know. During her questioning, she was asked if there was any music playing as they drove down the dark road. Christine said, Hungry Like the Wolf was playing. Oh my god, I was just singing that in my head. I'm not even shitting you. That's crazy. I always have Are you dying so- down? <gasps> Fuck. No, I just really like 80s music. It's a good song. Yeah. This has ruined it for me. She's on the hunt. She's after you. That was Diane's song for Lou. That's even some... I don't know if it's better or worse. so sick. It's just... It's sick. It's it's, like she was getting hyped up. It's icky. It's it's an icky yellow car is what it is. (laughs) This... This That's story how I gives me it. the icky yellow car it's feelings, an, it's an I'm icky, not a fan. It's an icky story. It is. I icky. promise you there's a happy ending. Does that help? Happy endings usually help. There's a happy ending, I promise you. Christine said the car had stopped. There was no one but her, her siblings, and her mom. They asked if there was anybody around, yeah. if they saw anybody in the road. Um, there was no man. She went on to say, after the car was stopped, Diane got out of the car, went to the trunk. Diane kneeled in the car, shot Cheryl. The music was still playing. Then she leaned over the back seat, shot Danny, and then shot Christine. Even if Christine had the person mixed up, if Diane had taken the keys in her hand and pretended to throw it, how would the music still be playing? Yeah. And that's how they helped her recover a lot of her memories was they would play that song. Which I feel, oh my god, I feel like this is the most, you're triggering someone on purpose for memories. They have to, they have to get her to, because she's the only one that could. Yeah. And she wanted to know what happened too, because she hated not knowing. And there was a lot of um, skepticism saying that they implanted memories, but they were so, they did everything by the books. Everything was so by the books. It's not implanted memories, it's just trying to unearth that tragic event that you subconsciously and consciously Bury up. Yeah. Well, and he had a stroke on top of it. Exactly. So she so would that's... act really scared. They What they started doing is they would say, like, do you know who shot you? And she would say, yes. And, like, you don't have to tell us. Write it on this paper. Put it in this envelope. You'll seal it. And then when you leave today, you can either give it to me or you can throw it in the fireplace. Oh, that's good options. And for, like, a month, she would throw it in the fireplace. And eventually she told them what happened. On June 14th, 1984, Judge Foot, Foot? 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 Foot. Hoot hoot. <laughs> Read aloud the jury's unanimous verdict. Guilty of attempted murder in the first degree. Guilty of a second account of attempted murder in the first degree. Guilty of first degree assault. Guilty of another account of first degree assault. Guilty of murder. Good. She was sentenced to a life term plus an additional 50 years for using a firearm. The judge expressed, the court hopes the defendant will never again be free. I've come as close to that as possible. Good on him. Mm-hmm. That's some good justice. Yeah. Between the verdict and the sentencing, Diane gave birth to a healthy baby girl who was immediately adopted out. So she gave birth to a baby in jail. Which is somehow still a better circumstance than what the other kids had. It's so much easier. 
1986, the two children, Christine and Dan, moved in to the home of new loving adoptive parents, Fred and Joanne Hughie. Oh! He adopted them! Oh, okay. That's a good... That's nice. Yes. Good guy. Good guy. Good guy. He didn't have to do that, but he did. Exactly. One article I read said the adoption happened in 1984, but considering that was the year of the trial... I don't know if it would have gone through that fast. It makes Probably more sense not. that it was two years later. Well, I feel like even just the the processing of just adoption in general yeah, takes hard a, and too, yeah. Yeah, it takes a while. Mm-hmm. And while the kids were out of the hospital, but not with Diane, they were in this amazing foster home with these parents that had helped tons of children. It was like a really good situation. In 1987, Diane briefly escaped from the Oregon Women's Correctional Center. Do, do, do we know how? Was it like... <laughs> Slipping through, like, a laundry hamper. I don't like, know. They, digging out with a spoon. I couldn't find how she got out. Duran Duran poster. I don't know if they want to publicize that as much because they don't want people being like, oh, that's how easy it is. It's uh, <laughs> probably wicked easy. She's I, like, hey, I'll sleep with you. I would not be surprised at all. She's like, you look fertile. Yeah. You want to hang out? Um, the Hugies were terrified she would try to harm her surviving children because she was still oh, yeah. so close in the area. Um, she was recaptured. She was found miles away from the jail. Um, she probably just trying to dip. She didn't want to, like... Yeah. She was found held up in a hotel room with a guy. Jesus. <laughs> I know. She's thirsty. Diane um, Thirsty Downs, as she's now known as. Southern Baptist. I'm sorry. <laughs> those yeah. girls. Those are the crazy ones. Girls, girls, crazy girls. Crazy ones. And according to a lot of witnesses, she was a tiger in bed. Oh, no. She would scratch until blood drew. Oh, she, she's just a she's mess of a person. She's psycho. Yeah. Psycho. She just didn't know how to rein it in. No. And team. that's fine if yeah. the other person's into it. But, you know. But these men... We're terrified. After her recapture, she is transported to the High Maximum Clinton Correction Institution in New Jersey. So, because her kids were so close, they didn't want something like that to happen again. Yeah, it's they just shipped a her hassle. across the country. She did try to escape two more times. She's dead. I mean, <laughs> she's dedicated. She's she's nothing if not dedicated. All right. So this is the current status of everybody. Ferociously dedicated. Christina is now 44 and married with kids, still in Oregon. One of her children is named Cheryl after her sister. Oh. Her, uh, one of her arms never recovers. She has a limp arm. Huh. Okay. I mean. It was, yeah. Danny is 39, still partially paralyzed, but otherwise healthy. Diane has been up for parole a handful of times since her sentence. She has been regularly denied since she still maintains her innocence. Part of having a parole is you have to admit admit what you did wrong. Um, that her next chance of parole will be in 2021, and she will be 65 years old. Oh, no! Yeah. In 1994, after serving 10 years, Downs was transferred to the California Department of Corrections. While in prison, she earned an associate degree in general studies. Good for her. Okay. In 2010, she was... Uh, relocated to the Valley State Prison for Women in California, but transferred out when the facility was converted to an all-male institution in 2013. The Oregon Department of Corrections says it cannot confirm where Diane Downs is currently being held for security reasons. And that is the story of Of Elizabeth Diane Downs. Just one of the worst people. Fuck that lady. I've heard about. She's a terrible person. She's a terrible mother. Terrible choices. She was a terrible mother before she shot her kids. Well, yeah, no. Just in general, just shite person. Yeah. Not great. No. You can have a shit life growing up and turn it the fuck around. And you and you didn't. And you went crazy with it. You I, went batshit bananas. I think we're perfect examples yeah. of that. <laughs> Look at us. What you do, you start a podcast. You talk about the fucked up shit. <laughs> exactly. Just, you find like-minded people. Yeah. And you then, get on antidepressants. <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't take ibuprofen yeah. at the no. same time. Take Tylenol. Fuck with your meds. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just it, I'm. <laughs> I hope she rots, and she will. They won't let her out. No, they will not let her out unless she admits that she did it. Which who but, knows? But at, if she hasn't done it at this point, I'm worried. I'm worried about just like them releasing her out of sheer like overcrowding. I don't know if they will. It's and still it's, a violent crime because it was so highly publicized. If they that would were get to happen, shit if they did, yeah, people would know and yeah. people would be pissed. That makes sense. Um, and I guess the daughter that was adopted out, you can find videos of her doing interviews oh. on like ABC. She's been really vocal about her because like she never knew her and she just she didn't go through the, yeah um, and but the, the other the other kids choose to have a private life which is understandable I, yeah i would change my name and i would probably go to a different country at well, that point they took the name hugie true and but um, still that that people know yeah. yeah um but yeah that's the story oh, shit yeah god damn it has a happy ending at least they at least the did have part, that yeah except for, for cheryl but she's a unicorn and she'll live forever she's a unicorn and she'll live as we all would like to be a unicorn and live forever. That's true. I would like to be a unicorn. But I still don't think unicorns live forever. <laughs> <laughs> We've I'm talked about this. this. So I do have some uplifting news to bring us up ah! after that. Is it all a fun right? fact? All right. It's a fun fact. It's a little article I found <gasps> on our uplifting news. Uplifting Thank you, Reddit. Uplifting news. Brought to you by Reddit. Brought to you by Reddit. All right. Theweek.com is reporting that Austria's interior minister, Wolfgang... Nope. Announced Tuesday. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that the country will turn the birthplace of Adolf Hitler into a police station in hopes of preventing it from becoming a neo-Nazi shrine. Because there's nothing that white supremacist fear more is police. <laughs> so a quote from the interior minister is the future use of the house by the police should send an unmistakable signal that the role of this building as a memorial to the Nazis has been permanently revoked. Neo-Nazis have reportedly long frequented the house in downtown Braunau. I am German. How now Braunau? My mouth is that what you just said? How now Braunau? Yes. Yes. That's exactly where it is. That's where Hitler was born. Turning it into a... Snopes me on that, internet. Do it. I dare you. They've turned it into a pilgrimage site of sorts. Uh, The government has tried to step in and stop that from happening for quite a while, but the building's owner had refused to sell it, even though the Interior Ministry had taken over the main lease in 1972. The owner also refused to renovate the building. Of course. I'm thinking the owner is a neo-Nazi. Yeah, the government seized it in 2017, and now they're going to completely redesign it. They're holding um, a competition for architects. Hopefully it'll be a big middle finger or something. Just a big poop. Just a big poop. This is where Hitler was born. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that would accident- like inadvertently drive tourism. If it's like, do you want to go see the giant shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where Hitler was born. They have shot glasses. Little shit shot glasses. Yeah, little poops. A little hollowed out little cup. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Shot glasses are shitty. <laughs> the timing of the announcement is not insignificant, as some far-right parties have continued to make gains in Europe. So, this is good. This is good. Let's... I would listen about Hitler shithouses a thousand a times. A thousand times. Overhearing Diane Downs shoot her fucking kids. <laughs> well, that's why I ended with that. That's a nice little, like... Palette a palate cleanser. cleanser. It's a shitty it's palate cleanser. It's a shitty palate cleanser for a shitty better. story, and it's still better. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. 
All right, guys, um, that is it. We hope that you enjoyed a glimpse into the darker little nuggets of history. We love your random acts of kindness in hearing from y'all. Shoot us an email with any questions, comments, or story ideas. Sister Axe Podcast, one set of words at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at sister underscore axe. And on Instagram at Sister Axe Podcast. And lastly, Facebook at Sister Axe Podcast. It's a mouthful when you say it a billion times. But we would love to hear ideas, thoughts, whatever you guys want to hear. We are really good at Googling stuff and doing some research. So let us know. Yeah, if you have a story that you think we need to cover, please let us know. We're open to suggestions. We'll do the work for you. (laughs) It's that good. We'll do the work for you. Thank you. (gasps) Thanks. Bye. Bye.